All right. Good morning. We have all these new babies around. Some a little bit older than new, but anyway. <laughs> kind of makes up for us old people, you know, to have some, some little ones coming up. Uh, my name is Randy. Uh, one of the teaching team here this morning. I have a privilege to uh, introduce uh, our speaker for today. Uh, our um, narrative says that uh, the Vineyard Church of San Antonio, as part of the great family of God, is seeking all those wonderful things. And as a part of being a, God, a part of God's great family, we as a local church uh, support and have extensions around the world with about seven or eight or so uh, couples or individuals that are leading and expressing God's life, giving love and reaching out to the lost and hurting world. And, and those seven or eight that I'm referencing are ones that we specifically financially participate and also that we know. It's been an important part of who we are as a local church that those that we are sponsoring, supporting, that they are extensions of us as a result of our knowing and being a part of them. And so uh, one of those numerous that we love and care for uh, is my own daughter and son-in-law. And uh, Peter Lehman, why don't you come on up, uh, is a part of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. He is a staff member at Baylor University where Priscilla is finishing up or, yeah, finishing up, not quite, sort of Ph.D. She's in her last year. She'll be working on her dissertation. And by next May, um, will you be a doctor then? No, not until the. Okay. anyway, forget it. Never mind. She's still in school. But anyway, she is there and and uh, led led Peter there, and uh, they have been ministering there. InterVarsity was founded back in the 40s, kind of during World War II. It's a, it's a reaching out to university college students. And we as a church have had quite a few IV folks come through here. We've had opportunities to, to build into their lives. We've had leaders of them in, in many years past. And uh, Peter and uh, Priscilla is participating as much as she can while she's in full-time school, but she does help in that. And uh, you're also going to be hearing that this summer, uh, both of them are going to be going leading a a team of students to China, where they're going to be reaching out to uh, university students in China. So I've invited uh, Peter to speak this morning, share with you a little bit about what's been happening in his ministry throughout this past year, what uh, a couple comments about um, the China trip and then the future, and, and then as well he's tying that into our current series on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. So Peter, glad to have you. Father, I thank you for uh, this man that is a part of us and that uh, we are extended through him as a local church. And we welcome and embrace that which you are doing in his life and through he and Priscilla's lives in reaching these uh, lost and hurting for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I don't know if this thing's working or not. Thumbs up, down. Yes? All right. Well, I'm I'm really excited to be here. Uh, I'm honored to have been invited to to speak on Father's Day. Uh, I was invited by Randy, who uh, is is my father-in-law. I call him Pops all the time. So I was like, thanks, Pops. uh, Um, yeah, so, so like he said, um, I'm going to remove this. Um, I, uh, uh, I am a staff worker uh, with Priscilla at Baylor University. My role is kind of a hodgepodge uh, of, let's see, all the things I wrote down. 
uh, it's a hodgepodge of training and organizing and empowering and evangelizing and disciple-making and pastoring, kind of this group of students that we're trying to form into community in order to kind of reach out and and to love the campus. Um, So I've been there for about three years, um, yeah, and uh, it's been a long and beautiful journey to be at Baylor. Um, just a moment ago, uh, we had everyone stand up for Father's Day, and I, I, I found myself almost standing up because two years ago, um, I became, uh, with the, I was not expecting so, I became a dog father. Uh, I, uh, that dog right in the middle, so this is me and Priscilla, and, and that's our dog Eve right in the middle, uh, and I became a dog father. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about her just a little bit, but I just wanted to, you know, while we're on the subject of Father's Day, uh, bring, bring that up. <laughs> um, so, so actually, I'll talk more about her right now. Uh, so she is about 18 years old. She's this ancient cocker spaniel uh, who, who lost her vision and hearing long ago. Uh, and whenever she's kind of in a new environment, uh, she will just kind of like bump her head against things. She walks very slowly and gently, so she doesn't hurt herself, but just kind of slowly kind of makes her way around and eventually kind of becomes comfortable in the settings. Um, uh, but, but even though she can't see or hear, she has a very keen sense of smell. And whenever Priscilla and I are cooking in the kitchen, it'll be a minute before she just kind of paddles, somehow, somehow kind of walks into there and kind of snuffles around waiting for us to drop things. Um, but, but even when we aren't cooking, she can still find us through the sense of smell. We have... Uh, a garden, and there's kind of a gated area around the garden, and we'll sometimes go there and garden for a little bit, and we'll let her kind of run free and kind of bump into the different walls of the, of the garden. But uh, after she gets bored walking around or done, she will just find us. She'll just kind of circle closer and closer, just kind of spend a until finally she kind of like bumps into our, our feet, and then she'll just kind of like sit down and let us know that she is all done running about. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, there are a few moments, though, where she is either too lazy or too tired or just distressed and will not try to find us. She'll just sit down and then just howl in loneliness and despair until we come over and we pet her and let her know we're okay, and then she kind of settles down. So she doesn't always choose to find us, even though she can. Um, so so uh, Randy told me uh, that you guys are going through a, a, a series on the Holy Spirit um, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel a lot like a blind and deaf dog <laughs> when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Like, <laughs> like, uh, like it's just something that seems so like, like things are going on completely outside of my perception, and I just have no idea. And sometimes I just wish there was like a really fancy app that would like give you give you a little notification whenever the Holy Spirit was doing something. Like it would go like, Bring! and you'd be like, the Holy Spirit is now making your coworker open to you sharing the gospel with him. Oh, cool, thanks. Swipe, and then and then you know, and then just kind of move on. Like, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be kind of cool? I, I, I would love that, but it's sometimes it's really hard, um, and I don't think it's because God is like mysterious and sneaky and doesn't want us to find out the things that he's doing, um, but I think it's because our uh, spiritual senses of perception are damaged um, by, by sin and, and by our own choices, and, and God, uh, when we, when we um, come into a relationship with Jesus, uh, God is, is healing those senses, but it's a, pro- a long work in progress. Um, but even though it's a work in progress, God wants the, us to use the little bit of perception, little senses that we have that he's already began to open us up, to use our little sense of smell to be able to kind of notice when he's, he's around. Um, yeah, and um, so, so today I'm going to share just a little bit of scripture with you guys and just a couple of stories, kind of talking a little about um, the work of Holy Spirit around me. Um, so I'm sure you guys have studied a lot of really awesome texts in 
this long series, and this is probably one you've already studied, but I think there's something worthwhile of reading and rereading over and over again the Scripture of God. Um, so let me just read this for you, and we can talk a little about it. Um, it, it. It says, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, who the, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Do not be afraid. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So this is kind of uh, a poignant moment uh, with Jesus and disciples. Um, He's uh, right before this passage, Jesus tells the disciples that I am going away and you can't follow. And the disciples are like, are you talking metaphorically? Or are you actually like walking somewhere that we can't go? And Jesus is like, no, no, you, you, like, I'm preparing a place for you, but you won't be able to find me. Um, and uh, right after this passage, Jesus says something that seems completely contradictory to that. He talks about there being these vines and how he is the vine and, and you are the branches and you need to remain in me and re- remain in a relationship with me. Uh, and if you don't, you'll die. And, and, and kind of the, there are these two kind of really heavy but also seeming kind of contradictory statements of like, I'm leaving, you won't see me, and you better stay in a relationship with me. And, 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 the Holy S- <laughs> and this little chunk right here is kind of the, the bridge between those two uh, challenging realities, that Jesus is not walking around. The, the atoms, the little molecules that used to make up Jesus is not kind of floating around here a- anymore. Um, Jesus is, is up, up with uh, the Father in heaven, and yet we still talk about Jesus as if he's our friend and he's our relationship. Um, and that's kind of unique. And, and, and I, I think the Holy Spirit is kind of the key to that. The Holy Spirit is what allows us to continue in relationship with, the Holy Spirit, uh, with, with Jesus, even though he's not standing next to us, even though we can't text him or call him or anything like that. Um, and there's kind of a couple things in here that, um, that Jesus kind of highlights that the Holy Spirit does. He, he describes the Holy Spirit as, the, as uh, the advocate. He talks about the Holy Spirit teaching all things and reminding us lots of things. Uh, and then he describes the Holy Spirit as peace. He says, I'm, you know, I'm leaving with you, Holy Spirit. It's peace that I'm leaving with you. Uh, and, and so uh, th- there's kind of these three kind of focuses uh, that Jesus has of, of the Holy Spirit in this passage. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to share some stories that kind of highlight the Holy Spirit's uh, work in my life as uh, an advocate, uh, te- uh, teacher, and as peace. You know, I think I left my cup of water down there. Can one of you guys pass it up to me? I'm feeling a little, little dry. This last year, um, usually the times it's kind of hard to describe my work because I'm definitely not a pastor, and it's kind of hard to say you're a missionary when you're in America. So oftentimes my, people describe my, my job as a ministry worker. I'm a campus ministry worker. But this last year, as, uh, as the Holy Spirit's been discern, uh, teaching me the spiritual discipline of watching, I felt like I've been more of a ministry observer than a ministry worker. Um, I, I, I'm starting to learn to watch for the Holy Spirit's work in unexpected places and dark moments and in times of great need. And whenever I see him work, he always gives an invitation to respond and to do something. Um, so one, uh, one way that our kind of ministry group seeks to share their faith with the campus is through um, this thing that we call proxy stations. You can go to the next, next slide. It's this thing called proxy stations. And basically what it is, it's this kind of graphical display that has some kind of conversation topic. And usually there's some kind of survey. And, and, but it's meant to 
allow students to have spiritual conversations with just people who are kind of passing by. Um, and this one is a little bit different uh, than some of the past proxies um, because what it is is at the bottom right, you can't quite see it, there's, this, there's just one survey panel. And it says, what are the conflicts in your story? And then it has things uh, like uh, you know, rejection and racism and depression and loss and fear and a couple other things as well that students can kind of come and kind of like put their sticker on as like a survey. Um, and that kind of, you know, the students who's kind of having the conversation will, um, can lead into talking about deeper things and being vulnerable. Um, and then the second piece, you can go to the next slide now. It, it, this is vi- kind of overwhelming, but this is what the, it's this gigantic art mural, um, which is a little different than what these proxies normally are. Usually they're a little bit easier to interpret. But um, here, I'm just going to point at different things for you guys. Um, so this is an art mural, and what this is, is it is uh, depictions of of Jesus and stories of Jesus throughout the gospel. So I'm going to point out a few. So up here is Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well, and then kind of the Samaritan woman going to the village. Uh, there's a couple of faces here. This is the face of, of the leper being healed, and this is the face of the demoniac, and you can't quite see, but there's the kind of story of Jesus and the demoniacs kind of displayed here. Um, over here, this is uh, Mary and Jesus weeping. Uh, at Lazarus' tomb, and you can't quite see, but this is a coffin right here, and then, like, uh, there's kind of someone who's kind of wrapped in linens who's just kind of, like, flowing out, and that's supposed to kind of talk about uh, Lazarus rising from the dead. And then down here is uh, the story of the adulterous woman uh, who, uh, who was going to be stoned, and here right here is kind of the crowd, and they're all wearing masks, except for one person who kind of takes off their mask, but it's, it's the story of, of Jesus, you know, re- uh, reaching out to the adulterous woman and kind of saying the one without sin should be the first one to throw the stone kind of thing. So it's, it's just like this really big mural that has all these kind of stories about Jesus, and it's, uh, it's kind of weird and kind of confusing, but it's also just a kind of great conversation topic to share about conflicts in our lives and talk about conflicts that were in the Bible and how Jesus kind of entered into that and would bring healing and kind of flip everything on its head. Um, so, uh, yeah, so uh, basically, uh, you can go back to the last slide actually for a moment so I can kind of demonstrate Reverse? Sorry. Um, so, we, like, during one, we chose kind of a week, and every day during this week, uh, for a couple hours, we would stand out kind of in the middle uh, of campus, kind of a place where there would be frequent traffic, and then we would just invite passing students, me and my student leaders, who would just be inviting passing students to kind of come, you know, come chat with us for a little bit, and usually conversations kind of vary. Some students weren't super interested, some students were really excited, but they had to go to class, and uh, so the conversations would usually last between maybe like two minutes to about 15 minutes or so. Um, and then until finally like, they just needed to go or they kind of would be done. Or, and usually by the end we'd give them some kind of invitation. Like, would you be interested in coming to a Bible study? Or would you consider uh, accepting Jesus into your life right now? Um, things like that. Um, uh, and so one day, uh, at one point during this time, um, I uh, had finished with a conversation. Some student was like, in some ways indicated they were done talking and kind of, <laughs> kind of moved on. And, uh, and uh, it was really kind of, quiet and slow. There'd be kind of like rush when lots of, this is during one of the rush times, lots of students would come by, and then sometimes there'd be no students who were by because of class times and, and all that. Um, and so it was really slow, and I noticed there was just one, one young lady who was just kind of standing around talking with another, uh, with one of the student leaders. Um, and I, I'm sorry if they don't have a photo of her, um, but uh, she was uh, just there chatting, and so I thought, okay, there's something better to do. I'll just go and kind of see what they're chatting about. And she'd been there, I noticed she'd been there for over half an hour. So I'm like, okay, this is either going to be like really deep conversations or they're talking about nothing. 
Let's find out. <laughs> and so I walk over, and, and just as I come, I, I hear them. They are talking about uh, Broadway musicals, uh, the best camping places in Texas, professors. Uh, they're talking about uh, different uh, classes that they're taking. And, and, and it's kind of this typical small talk that often happens at these proxies because uh, sometimes students do not, are not interested in talking about Jesus. They just want someone to talk to, and that's fine. Um, but usually, like, yeah, like, and we just welcome them to kind of hang out with us, especially when there aren't too many other students to, to be kind of inviting to these spiritual conversations. So I, I'm kind of like, okay, well, I'll take a little break now from having all the intense spiritual conversations, just kind of hang out with her for her and this other student for a little bit and just kind of chat about whatever. Um, and the conversation just went on for, for a little while, maybe like, you know, five or ten more minutes. Stuff not, not incredibly important or interesting, but, you know, it, it does continue to make her feel welcome and caring about things she was interested in. Um, and I, I can just say at this moment, I was not thinking about the Holy Spirit's work. When, when, I, was, when I invite students to come over and have like, the, the intense conversation about the mural, I was like, okay, cool, Holy Spirit, do something cool. But this time, I was, just like, I was not even thinking about that whatsoever. I was just there for a break, just being nice to this uh, young, young lady. And about 10 minutes into our like, small talk conversation, she looks over at the little black panel, the survey, uh, and says, um, I have a lot of those conflicts in my life. And she continued to point out, like, loneliness and loss and rejection and hurt and all, all of these, like, big things. And it was kind of this huge shift of, like, talking about, you know, your favorite actor to talking about, the, like, the great, like, scars that she bears emotionally um, and spiritually. And at that, I was kind of caught off guard. And at that moment, um, I, uh, praise be to, to God, it, it clicked my mind that the Holy Spirit said, I'm doing something. Uh, and, and he's like, will you respond just as vulnerably as she just did? Uh, which is hard. It's hard to make a shift of talking about, like, nothing things to talking about, like, intense stuff. And so, um, but, yeah, praise be to God, I, I said yes to that. And I started sharing about experiences I had when I was in middle school and, and places of hurt and loss that I had experienced. Um, and, uh, and the conversation just continued to go deeper and to, and to touch on really important stuff. And we eventually moved back to the, to the mural um, you, you, you can move back to the mural slide again. Uh, we, we started talking about stories that just as we talked about pain in our own lives, we talked about pain in some of these stories too, and we naturally kind of landed on the story of the adulterous woman who, uh, who was rejected by, by the crowd and who they wanted to murder uh, because of what she had done, uh, even though they had also committed sins as well. And Jesus, in kind of this stark contrast, reaches out uh, a hand of love. You can actually see a little hand right above it. This kind of hand of love to her. Um, and, and this hand of, of forgiveness and this hand of invitation into relationship. Um, and that story was really kind of powerful to talk about, and we ended up spending time praying and asking, uh, asking God, uh, you know, uh, will you please show your hand of love and acceptance in, in, in Sherilyn's life um, together? And as we kind of finished the prayer, um, it, it, was, it seemed really clear the Holy Spirit was like, Get, invite her to something. Like, she needs to connect to Christians and to this Christian community. And so I was like, hey, do you want to come to small group? And she's like, and she responded kind of, no, I, I'm kind of scared. I don't feel like I'm comfortable with the Bible. I'm like, okay, she's going to go to that. Do you want to come to our, like, large group thing? No, I don't want to go to that. Do you want to go to this fun social event? No, I'm busy. And I kept on, like, like and, and I kept on asking Holy Spirit, okay, am I done now? And Holy Spirit, keep on inviting her. Keep, think, find something. And, and, and so I'm just like, that, uh, uh do you want to come to worship practice? That was the only thing left that we're doing. Like, we're doing worship practice tomorrow. You want to do that? And she's like, heck yeah, I love music. And it was just kind of this strange kind of moment where, like, the Holy, like, the Holy Spirit was inviting her into this community, and somehow music was kind of this place that she could enter in that she felt comfortable being part of, 
part of it. And, and kind of throughout the rest of the semester, we got to see like healing and, and her kind of beginning to trust Christians again and being able to trust, believe that community could exist and that God actually cared about her. So that, that was kind of a cool, kind of unexpected moment. Yeah, you, you can clap. That was kind of cool. So um, I'm going to show you another, another snapshot that's not as yeah, exciting or, or thrilling. <laughs> I wish I had a whole bunch of stories just like that, but I don't. Um, you can go to the next, uh, next slide, actually. So um, this last year um, had a lot of really hard and painful moments um, as part of it. Um, the um, gentleman right in the center of uh, the top area, um, his name is David, and he uh, passed away uh, last fall. Uh, he was uh, best friends with, he wasn't a student leader, but he was best friends with a lot of student leaders. Most of those students who were next to him were, were leaders in our, in our chapter um, and he passed away during an accident. Uh, he was riding his bike and, and got, uh, there's a hidden run, um, and he passed away pretty quickly, and, and it really shook our community. Um, we hadn't experienced death like that before, and I had never been a, in a leadership position over a community that was grieving, um, and it was just the beginning of a series of really, um, yeah, of really unfortunate um, events. Um, just kind of a few of them. Uh, a- after this happened, there was some really unhealthy leadership conflict that threatened a schism our chapter. Um, there was a student who was sexually assaulted. Um, there was another student who was struggling with chronic illness uh, that was really debilitating. And then um, another student had to go on a suicide watch um, because of some mental illness stuff was going on. And a lot of our goals and dreams for this year were just dashed. Um, and I, I spiraled in some really bad depression and, um, that I'm still recovering from right now. And um, during the season, praying was incredibly hard. Um, not because I didn't have time. Uh, one of the best things about my job is it is a requirement that I spend the first couple hours of every like, work day uh, of praying. And then I had to spend one day a month just praying uh, out and taking like, a little retreat of silence thing. Um, and, that, and so I had lots of time to pray, but when I would try to talk to God, I would sense no feedback or response. Um, and I'm not just talking about like kind of an occasional moment or like a dry spell. I'm talking about six or seven months of, of me just trying to seek God and um, not having any response. No matter how much scripture I would read or prayer time or songs I would sing, it just, it just seemed like really dark and alone. Um, but even though uh, the typical channels of how I would connect with God were unavailable, um, the Holy Spirit still found ways to, to, to communicate with me. Um, he would talk with me uh, through other, um, other Christians in my life. Uh, I think uh, Randy was, was a really important part of my life during that time, as, as he would often speak on behalf of the Holy Spirit. I, I wasn't hearing something, but he was hearing things aplenty, and, and he, would, he would let me know all the things that he was hearing. Uh, <laughs> um, and, um, and, God, and, I, and God continued to pursue me, even though I couldn't sense it at all. Um, one day, uh, I was during one of these kind of routine work, work-imposed retreats of silence. I was, I was studying um, a devotion that someone had told me to study, um, and this scripture came up. You can go to the next slide. Um, Psalm 130, 5 and 6, it said, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. And this, uh, 
this scripture really impacted me like no other scripture during the season had. Uh, it resonated with my soul because the image of a watchman who in the dead of night just is sitting there, you know, believing that the sun's going to rise but not seeing any evidence of sunlight and being completely helpless to actually make that happen really felt like how I, what I was experiencing. I really felt like I was in the season that I could theoretically believe things could be well and I theoretically believe I could be happy and I could have joy and peace, but I could see no signs of it. I could see, and I felt helpless to really do anything to make that happen. Um, and this passage began to make me want to have, what's in that second line, and in his word I put my hope. I wanted to have hope. And, that, and so in that time, I, I remember praying, God, I don't really, really have much hope. I, can't, I don't really believe you when you say things are going to get better, but I want to hope. I really want to believe that things are going to be better. I really want to believe that you are faithful. I can't, I can't feel that. I don't think that, but I want that. Um, and that was a turning point for me. It was a turning point as um, I moved from wanting to have hope to beginning to have a few moments of encouragement where there was a time when our church really kind of loved and, and honored me and Priscilla, our ministry, and I felt really seen. And there was a couple other social interactions where people were just incredibly encouraging. And, and I began to like think, oh, that was, that was kind of nice. I guess more nice things like that can happen. And I began to kind of have some sense of hope. And then that hope uh, gave way to resources that began to help. Um, I, uh, you know, beginning to you know, get medical help for some of the depression and getting some really great uh, counseling. And thing, began, I began to make really tiny little like, minor improvements that really like, in and of themselves were pretty much nothing and weren't that, that exciting. But the fact that there was improvement made me believe that there could be a trajectory for improvement and that things would continue to grow. Um, and then that would lead to like bigger like moments of like great healing and, and tired like weeks would go by where I'm like, I was happy this week. That was crazy. Like, oh yeah, like I saw the Holy Spirit work. Like that story that I I shared with you earlier, that happened during the season of like, like God beginning to do big things. And I was, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, the Holy Spirit talked to me. That was the Holy Spirit just then. And it just kind of these really big moments. And, and like, I am still in a place of healing and improvement. I wouldn't say that I'm like recovered, but I'm in a place where I'm seeing God doing big chunks of healing for me. Um, and that was crazy. That was really amazing. Um, so the lesson kind of that I learned through this is that the Holy Spirit is working in you, even if you can't sense it or tell it, even if it seems like it makes no sense at all. Um, the Holy Spirit's always working, and especially when we try to seek him. Um, but sometimes, especially in dark seasons, we just have to look for tiny little clues. We just got to search the ground, uh, find some indication that the Holy Spirit's at work to, in order to give us um, that hope that he promises, in order to believe that he is the God that that he says he is. So the last uh, story I have for you, um, uh, you don't need to change slides quite yet, um, but it, uh, it, it shows the Holy Spirit as the advocate. And it's actually a story uh, with both me and Priscilla. Um, because last fall, I'm going to take another sip, anticipation, what am I going to say? Last fall, Priscilla and I were invited to, uh, to leave a mission trip to China. Um, now you can change slides. Uh, and, uh, oh, are there no slides? Okay. Uh, we, um, we would spend some time, pr- we spent some time praying and asking God, like, is this something you want us to do? And the answer that kind of we ended up receiving it was look into it. 
Um, like, no clear command, no clear, like, yes, no, just, like, look into it. And so we're like, okay, like, we can, we can start doing that. Um, and so we started looking into it. We started asking questions, and kind of the initial kind of view of the land was this is going to be very hard and probably wasn't possible. Um, and so we're like, okay, yeah, this seems like it isn't really possible. Um, and, but when we kind of continued to pray a little more, like, hey, God, like, this is what we see so far. What do you think? The answer was continually look into it. Just keep looking. Just keep looking. You ha- until you reach 100% wall of no, um, just keep trying to, to figure it out. Um, and so it was mostly Priscilla at this point. I was just kind of at home, like, cheerily and saying, go, Priscilla, go. Uh, as we continued to kind of investigate, um, because it was, a lot of the issues were with Priscilla's grad program, um, that, that kind of big hindrance. Um, the trip is about six weeks long, um, and I, I was planning to go through all of it, and I would, and um, yeah, and, but Priscilla, um, I needed her to be there for at least two weeks. I couldn't go, I, you know, we were only a year and a half married at that point, and it was just, six weeks is just too long, and so we needed at least to find two weeks for her to come uh, and leave her grad program during that time, and it just, yeah, it seemed really hard, but we just kept on looking, um, and unfortunately, um, this looking really kind of stirred up trouble. Uh, for us a lot. Um, even though it was just investigation and we, were, we hadn't committed to anything, um, it began to create some really bad miscommunications and um, there was some conflict that happened and doubting of Priscilla's commitment to the program and um, just some really bad interactions with the faculty of her program um, that led to um, them beginning to question whether or not they were going to dismiss Priscilla from the program after her, after her studying for almost four years. Uh, which was crazy and freaky for us to have divide, like having almost like you know a quarter of our life or not a quarter maybe like a, a, a fifth or sixth of our life uh, devoted to this program and then her just be like dismissed from it um, and so we were really freaked out and we felt pretty alone we felt like there was no one on our side um, in this program and in this in this conflict and so we just prayed saying God we kind of trust you, we, you know, like, but you made us get into this, so you better get us out of this, so uh, please help, please, like, help. like, at this point, we're just like, we don't care about China, we just want to, like, we just want to, like, stay in the program, and so please, God, please rescue us, and, um, and the next few weeks, was, it was challenging, Priscilla was able to get some good consultation from other uh, psychologists in the community uh, who weren't a part of the faculty, um, and it kind of is all like leveled down to, I guess Priscilla's is going to have to write this letter and, and hope that things get better. And so she wrote the letter and, and sent it in, and then um, nothing for two weeks. We just sit there thinking, what is our future going to be? Are we, are we going to be kicked out of this program, or are we going like, to be able to finish it? We didn't know. Um, and in that moment, we, the Holy Spirit showed up as our advocate. Um, when there was a situation that was completely out of our power, um, two weeks later, um, Priscilla got uh, an email saying, meet me at this such such a time with the director of the program, and she went and met with her, um, and she um, said, okay, it's fine, everything's okay, you can go to China, you can do whatever you want, you're in the program, that's not at risk anymore, just go away. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, we're, and we're just kind of shocked, it's kind of this weird anticlimactic kind of like, oh, everything's okay now, all right, it didn't seem okay a couple weeks ago, but now it's okay. And the way to China just seemed wide open. Just uh, n- n- no reason for us not to go to China. And um, it, was, it was kind of a crazy moment for us. Um, but it, it was a moment of God showing himself as faithful. That if we obey him, we obey the invitation, we say yes to that, that he's going to advocate and, and be, our, be on our side um, and, and help us through some crazy situations. Um, 
So the Holy Spirit is a pretty amazing teacher and friend. Um, and I wish I had more time to tell you all the stories of the Holy Spirit. There's actually a bunch more stuff that the Holy Spirit was doing. Um, so, so two you know, really short examples. The Holy Spirit started a cool new prayer movement in our chapter that we had never had before that was kind of more grassroots than it was leadership-led. Awesome. And then also the Holy Spirit started uh, essentially the only on-student ministry for graduate students at Baylor University. God started, uh, started that through our, our chapter. And I'd love to tell you about those things, but um, I do not have time. So please, me and Priscilla are going to be out there just hanging out for half an hour after the service. Please mob us and ask us lots of questions. Uh, we'd love to talk to you about, about the things that God was doing. Um, but but me, me sharing is more than just about the things that God did. It's, it's awesome to celebrate what God did in, our, in, our, in my ministry and in my life and and kind of in our future, but um, the reality is that the Holy Spirit's not just at work in ministry workers or ministry observers or whatever. Um, the Holy Spirit's at work in all of our lives. Um, he is present, um, and he is working um, in places that you would not expect the Holy Spirit to be. Uh, he is at work in dark moments of, of loneliness and, and um, despair, and he is at work in crazy conflicts that's, that, that seem like there's no way to, to resolve it. Um, and so I'm just going to ask you a couple spiritual questions, and um, I'll pray, and then we're going to listen to the Holy Spirit and see what he has to say to us in response to those questions. Um, and then I'll pray one, one more time, and then we'll be done. Um, cool. So my questions are this. Where uh, in your life are there places you do not uh, see the Holy Spirit at work? Whether it's because you don't expect it, or because... Um, or because things are just too dark um, and God seems not present, or because things are just too chaotic and crazy. Um, where do you not perceive the Holy Spirit at work right now? Um, and then kind of the second question is, what is, uh, what is the Holy Spirit's invitation to you in, in that moment, in that place, that, um, that he is at work? Um, so, short review. Where... Um, yeah, where is the Holy Spirit at work that you aren't noticing him? Or where does God want you to observe the Holy Spirit at work? And what is his invitation for you in that place? Let me say a short prayer, then we're just going to sit in silence for a couple minutes while we listen. Holy Spirit, um, you are working, but we also need you to work in us too. And we need you to show us, um, help us perceive you. Will you answer our question of where you are working in our lives that we aren't noticing right now? And would you share with us your invitation that you have?
Thank you, God, um, for being faithful. Even when we don't really expect you to be faithful or we um, don't believe you as faithful, you, you still are good. And you keep all your promises and you show yourself as, um, you know, really loving. Thanks. Bye. Um, all right. That's it. So the word amen means so let it be, let it happen. I, I don't think by quite works, but it's, it's all right. That's all right. Over and out. Uh, Priscilla and Peter, would you come on up? We're yeah. going to just pray for them uh, as they go off to China. When do you leave? Uh, I leave May 25th. And then in May 25th is oh, long past. June, June 25th. And then you're like July. Okay. And Priscilla's flying alone to China. And she chatted about that with me yesterday and said, yeah, that's going to be an adventure. So I'd like anybody who would like to come on up and join us to pray for them as we uh, commission them uh, to go out uh, to be like Jesus and be our hands and feet and the empowering presence and all that stuff over there. So um, due to the nature of religious persecution in China, we ask that none of you post anything on social media about our trip. Um, so, yeah, just for the protect, not so much for our protection, but for the protection of the our long-term contacts there in China. So, so where they're going is, I don't know. <laughs> Somewhere in the world. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray last and just kind of give opportunity and pass a mic if there's anybody else who would like to pray for them. I love Sean being up here. Sean went to Kenya, first time ever on a kind of a short-term missions trip, and he was blown away uh, negatively and positively. And uh, I'm thrilled that you're here partnering with us. Anyone want to lead off in prayer for them? Lord Jesus, I just thank you for our brother and sister here today. Um, Lord God, I thank you for your coaxing, your gentle coaxing of Peter and Priscilla and your perfect timing. And Lord, I thank you for their obedience and endurance in all of this, not just with this trip, but through ministry and school. Lord God, I pray for... uh, for them to both feel revitalized. Lord, I pray that even now in this moment that they would just be intimately aware of your your presence, your Holy Spirit washing over them. God, I pray that, uh, Lord, that you just uh, ease their mind of any worries they may have. And Lord, I thank you for this exciting opportunity to see all the encouragement that you have to offer and to really see you move. Lord God, I thank you that they are here. They're going there for a certain time, for a certain purpose. And Lord, I pray that you just continue to bless them on their journey and when they return home safely. Lord, I just thank you that as you paved the way for them to go on this trip, that you have already paved the way where they will be walking and going and who they will see um, in flights and in airports and in cities and in villages and in homes and in gatherings of people. And I just pray that you will um, give confidence to their feet 
uh, as they find that um, that the path opens up for them as even as they're there. Lord, I ask that you would help them to go with eyes wide open to see what you're doing, to feel what you're feeling, to love the way you love. Father, I, I pray for these, uh, for these beautiful people, God, who are going on this journey, Lord. Father, I pray that, um, Lord, they... Uh, Go purely out of love, Father. Father, uh, and that um, you set before them divine appointments, Lord, and uh, put people in their path, Lord, people to touch and to heal and to love. Father, I pray that you um, are with them always, Lord, and that they um, can feel you walking by them, Lord, and uh, working through them and loving people through them. And... uh, God, I pray that you give them bravery, and Lord, that uh, that you give them your heart, and Lord, that they love fiercely and and do the things that you want them to do, Lord. Father, let let them take you with them, Lord, and just touch people, and just touch people through them, Lord. Father, guide them in, in all their paths and, um, and just lead them and uh, let them see you work, Father, in powerful and beautiful ways, Lord. Lord, we thank, that, thank you that both Priscilla and Peter know how to be in you. And they're taking their being And it will be imparted with words and without words. There will be divine encounters. Sometimes they will know it. Other times only the recipient will know that they have been touched by God. I remember in the word of God that the shadow of Jesus was sufficient to accomplish his purposes. And I pray their shadow will go north, south, east, and west. That they will touch the heart of the people that they see and are in contact with, but they will also touch the heart of China. Lord, I thank you for the anointing that breaks the yoke, that opens doors that no man can open, shuts the doors of darkness, opens wide the areas where light can shine and profoundly change things. I thank you for their faith. I thank you that their mere presence is enough to change a life. And I pray that you will guide, protect them, and make divine appointments for them. In Jesus' name. Father, might they uh, be buoyed by our love and support and by all of the various ministry partners that are uh, supporting them financially and with, and with prayer. Thank you for the team that's going with them in us first, and then secondarily the team of InterVarsity International. That uh, they are a part of your great family, 
and for those um, men and women who have made the way for this team to come that are there as Chinese representatives that could lose lives over this kind of thing. Would we welcome your protection, push back the darkness, push back the enemy's attempts, and shine your light in the darkness, expose darkness with light. In Jesus' name, come Holy Spirit, fill and empower, accomplish your mighty deeds, even as you did in Jesus. And everybody said, yeah, let's see that done. Thank you all. Have a great Sunday. Great week. We'll see you next week.